0: Welcome to Ferment Radio. I'm your host Aga Pokrivka, and my guest today is Tara Witsit. Tara is a nomadic artist and educator whose passion for growing food and teaching fermentation inspired the grassroots educational project Fermentation on Wheels. Tara has been driving across the USA for over seven years sharing starter cultures, the history and science of fermentation as well as countless stories that she has gathered on the road. Together with millions of microbes, she is now rooted in the Kittatinny Valley, New Jersey. Hello Tara, could you tell us about yourself? My name is
1: Tara Witset, and I am based in northwest New Jersey, so it's a rather rural part of New Jersey, but Uh, I'm also close to New York City. And before this, I was traveling with my project, uh, Fermentation on Wheels. I traveled for about six years and I started out on the west coast of the United States where I had been living. Um, And Fermentation on Wheels is a social art. Project so I took a old military bus and I turned it into a fermentation lab. Uh, it's also a workshop space and a fermentation library. And I drove it around the country, specifically teaching fermentation, sharing fermented foods, and also providing a space for you know all kind of co- all kinds of conversations surrounding fermentation. So. Um I also in my travels it was very important to me that everyone had access to this work. So um in all of my travels, every workshop I did was donation based. Um you know, pay what you can. And I also had a very large collection of starter cultures. So like sourdough starter, kombucha water kefir grains, vinegar mothers um, that I would share and sell to people attending workshops. Um, So yeah, accessibility was a really important part of this project from the beginning. Um, And then also the creativity, you know, bringing some level of like, So fermentation is this very versatile practice. And I think that a lot of people approach it thinking, oh, this is like a science that I need to understand. It's not exactly necessary to understand that, to produce something delicious and, um, you know, nutritious, very beautiful. Like the entire process is extremely mesmerizing. And I've always just seen it as such an incredible art form. Um I I actually come from a family that's very like deep in the sciences.
0: This is exactly what I wanted to ask. Like what what brought you to fermentation in the third pla- first place?
1: So it was not my family life for sure. And actually my family, given that they are scientists or wrapped up in the sciences in one way or another, um they are actually more afraid to eat fermented foods than not afraid. So, you know, that science like doesn't actually like, it doesn't directly connect to um fermentation. I feel like fermentation is so much of like being in your heart and like really becoming the food. You know, if you're a specialist in the sciences, that's kind of that, like, that is the realm you understand of science is like, you know, you can either get something good or something bad. Whereas with fermentation, that's not necessarily the case. There's a there's a lot of, like, gray area.
0: It's quite intuitive, too, because I guess that's this question, like, when fermented food is actually fermented and when it's get bad. Uh, I usually answer this question, like, yeah, like, use, use your intuition. If you smell something and it smells, like, yummy for you, then probably it's something which can be eaten, actually so uh yeah there is this intuitive part to it
1: yes it's very intuitive it's very much you know relying on your senses you know no one like knew the scientific process of fermentation when they were first doing this stuff it was all just through this like experimentation and um you know like the like a kind of like fearlessness to just like figure out what was what was tasty what wasn't like what worked i mean there there was no like way to test these foods when people were first fermenting
0: yeah like if we think of it that uh, we would trust more a label on the food product more than our own senses this is also a little bit strange actually when we think about it more
1: it is totally strange it's totally strange i mean it's 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 really like buying into that that like capitalist system right where you're like consuming what someone tells you to consume rather than trusting yourself as far as what you should be consuming. Um, And so, like, I feel that fermentation is also very liberating. It's very empowering for humans. You know, it's really like taking control of your food. Um, I first, I was first introduced to fermentation in, uh, it was 2011 when I was living in New York City and I met someone at my local farmer's market who wanted to introduce me to fermentation in one way or another and we decided to make sauerkraut together and it was I mean it was a very revelatory moment for me like making sauerkraut at least like you know the weeks that followed or the week that followed even the days that followed because we made this sauerkraut we made it with green and red cabbage um chopped it salted it Put it in a jar, pushed it below the brine, and then I kept that in my kitchen. And I then I just watched it, and, and you know, um, I mean, it was very mesmerizing, and it's like transformation of like the colors were changing, and I could see like bubbles rising up. But you know, it also, it also, made me realize how little i knew about all of the hidden life forces surrounding us and and like how that plays into our lives and um i i think i also realized in that moment like my disconnection from like the greater um arena of life and that really motivated me to explore uh soil and more rural areas and just you know like really get out of my comfort zone Um, go someplace where life was very very abundant and I moved to Oregon uh, to a little commune in the woods on the coast of Oregon like very far away from everything no internet access I moved into a yurt um, and then I learned how to garden and I was and I fermented nonstop. I, you know, I guess like for me, that time was to really like break th- free of the, the chains of urban life um, to like learn another way of living that didn't feel so dependent on uh, the system of the city it really, it taught me a lot about self-sufficiency too, which I think, you know, fermentation, I mean, God, metaphors abound in fermentation. And in like self-sufficiency is a really big one, you know? I am involved in fermentation as an activist and a and like the philosophy of it and how it like ties into my life values. Um, you know, I very much like got into this work because i i care about um you know social justice we're experiencing a lot of upheaval right now in our system and it's been going on for a long time but we are at a breaking point and i do know that like coronavirus has amplified what's going on right now um with black lives matter and you know it's um it's just been really inspiring and heartening to watch the way everything is unfolding as far as like you know people really showing up and i'm i'm feeling really grateful for that so um and I'm I'm also excited to like be involved and help make that change and use my platform for that reason um and yeah I think that you know fermentation is also it is uh this really great metaphor of how like all people are inextricably linked like we are all one as well you know we're like part of this greater collective and we are weaker on our own and um all of these ancient food practices they're all borrowed you know like we didn't i mean as someone speaking um as like you know from like white privilege in America, who is like, you know, not native to these lands. Um, you know, my culture is completely like a concoction of lots of different cultures that came way before, way, way before my time and my parents time. And, you know, it's really important for that to be acknowledged in our food system. And so yeah, I feel like that's another reason why I'm like feeling really excited and interested in doing research of how I can use my platform to support this work.
0: I'm happy that you mentioned this uh this whole like a huge and very important topic because I also feel this relevance of fermentation as a practice but also as a metaphor you've mentioned that you would like to use uh, your platform or your work to to contribute to to like a positive change um could you tell a little bit more about that
1: yeah so i think since i well i work in education primarily and i'm an artist so a lot of my art i mean all of my art centers around um fermentation whether it's like I'm um, presenting recipes or sharing personal stories of work in fermentation sometimes they're just um, art pieces and um, you know something beautiful and it uh, it helps illustrate something in the fermentation world or the food world that ties into um, these Practices of transformation. And um, well, lately, the the work I've been very focused on, it's called Fermentation Illustrated, and it's a monthly zine series that I release. Um, so a zine is an independently published magazine, um, usually a much shorter format than your typical magazine. And these zines, I ship out all over the world, and especially all over the United States, I always focus on a theme for uh, for each magazine. So for example, my last zine, it was called the China issue. And it was all about methods of Chinese fermentation. So I went to China, a few years ago, I guess it was a year and a half ago now, and I taught fermentation. And I traveled a lot and I learned quite a bit. I definitely want my next zine to focus in on uh issues related to this revolutionary time. Um, you know, how we can engage ourselves, but specifically how we can engage ourselves with food too, and also like honor where certain foods come from. And I guess like my plan for this next issue is actually focusing in on uh wild foods, which when I say wild, um I mean like foods that are native to the land. So that have been you know, that have grown here always. And I mean especially like indigenous people who unfortunately have been, you know, mass murdered from a very early place in time. However, you know, they still exist, they're around, but their numbers have just been decreased so terribly. And I think that, like, bringing light to these food traditions that are native to the Americas, especially in the United States of America, and, you know, pointing that out. And then I'm also, you know, wanting to do a lot of research into, like, Black American food traditions. Um you know the the folks who were who first came here um how they farmed especially once they were gaining more freedoms and practicing their own traditions and so like yeah it still requires a lot of research but I do want to use my platform as someone who works in food and fermentation to, you know, show those processes and really, like, you know, give space.
0: From a practical point of view, actually, uh, I'm very curious how, how did you accustom the, this bath and uh, how was it to be on the road with the, with, the, with the basically jars and other containers with fermented food? Because I can imagine that kind of shaky environment also introduces some other element to fermentation when you are on the road. Um, what were your experiences of that? And and what are your kind of uh, uh, learnings from it?
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I think, you know, agitation. I mean, like m- most of, most ferments, they have kind of like their own specific needs. And so some of these ferments are, going to be happier with agitation and others are not going to be as happy um but yeah i feel like i mean so agitation also helps with aeration right Mm. and that can be good for like uh wines and beers You know, it prevents, like, this yeast layer of growing on top, but then, like, for kombucha and vinegar, I mean, it can be very difficult to grow a proper scoby. I mean, things are still fermenting, but if you're moving fast, then your scoby will just, uh, you know, it will very quickly not be destroyed, but it will never mature into a a nice full mother. So... Um, You know, there's that. But I mean, I wouldn't say that I had huge challenges with my ferments uh, while on the road. It's extremely secure. Like I have this station I built and it's made with birch wood um, and it's like two tiers. And the first tier holds all of my carboys in gallon jugs. So anything that is, uh, you know, it's mostly like aging vinegars and wines and beers. And then the top tier is all for vegetable fermentation and starter cultures. I have kombucha and, um, you know, it's like mostly gallon jugs. But I have the capacity... For um forty to fifty gallons of fermented food at any given time, and then the top of that station is just this really nice uh piece of maple wood, that um you know it's my kitchen counter, so one of one of my kitchen counters. So my bus is built out as a home too. So I, I'm in my bus right now. I I live in my bus. It's been okay. Stationed. That's great. Yeah, it's it's been stationary for one year. Um I am living in a place where I have uh access to large gardens and that's kind of been what I was looking for and I also wanted to be back on the east coast close enough to urban life where I feel like I can make impact in urban lives um but far enough to where I can grow my own food and you know just have space to like be in nature. Um And yeah, experience the natural order of things, which I very much think is like, that is fermentation. Like I live, you know, my, my life, like I, I am like acknowledging that life is one big fermentation project and I want to be close to that. So I do feel like that requires being, um, being outdoors, working with plants, um, you know, being with the life cycle of everything in a natural environment like that's important to me so um but anyway so I'm stationary right now and before I moved so during my busy season it would be that would be like spring summer fall um I would teach say three to five classes a week and I'd go to different community centers, farms. I worked with a lot of different nonprofits. I also did work in public school systems, working with kids. Um, And yeah, I would drive my bus to where I was going and then people would come in. And this is that's when I'm moving the fastest. But, um, you know, even given that, it's not like I would drive from, uh, you know, Texas to New York in a week like that wouldn't be possible it's like i would be in texas for like a month going to every city i could many stops many many stops yeah i mean like i would i would really concentrate my time in a place to make the you know to to reach the most people um so yeah and it's also like you know this is a slow moving vehicle too there's like there's a lot of logistics that go into making all of it work. And, um, you know, I, I love it, but um, I think there's also a time to like sit back and plan and really my goal in the future, what I'm what I'm planning for is to get a shorter vehicle that will be my fermentation space and i haven't you know i haven't found the vehicle yet but it's like one of these things i I'm, I'm looking for the perfect vehicle and it will either be like a short bus or maybe a vintage van and then that will be my fermentation vehicle so a lot of the elements in here that i live with it will go into that space and then i can travel with that and you know the beauty of that is really it's going to be much more efficient um as far as like fuel is concerned so my current bus uh it's 40 feet long which in the metric in the metric system i'm not sure exactly what that translates to but um it's very big it's a huge bus and um and like I said, it is my living space. Like I have my bed in the back and I have a composting toilet that I built and I've put plumbing in it. And I have a wood burning stove and my refrigerator and a solar panels on top. Like I've, I have put a lot of work into this bus to make it a space
0: that I can live in. Yeah, it's amazing. Actually, I just checked. It's 12 meters. So it's 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 a big machine. Yes. Yeah.
1: It is very big. And it's also, it's very tall. It's taller than the average bus. I mentioned earlier, it's an old military bus. And so um, when I say military bus, it was used by the Michigan police. It originated in Michigan. And then a couple bought it at an auction, drove it to Oregon. And when I was in Oregon, um. You know, after I had spent this time at the commune fermenting and just doing a lot of self study and fermentation, i um you know, I was like really at this point of like, what am I gonna do with this?" and like, how am I gonna do it to where I'm not like I didn't want a commercial business, I didn't want this like standard way of being in the fermentation world, and I really wanted to integrate art into it in some way. And um, my, you know, this idea
0: popped up. So you're still coming, like planning to come back on the road, basically, when when the best will be found and the, when the situation will allow.
1: Eventually, yeah, definitely. want. I definitely want to do that. And I think that, you know, right now I'm just, I'm like in this moment of having to do a lot of fundraising, which I haven't. You know, I have not launched a campaign for fundraising yet. I feel like um, it's been so important to me that I invest my time in Fermentation Illustrated and really, like, really rooting myself in a community here on the East Coast so that I know I have a home to come back to. Um, Because, yeah, I think, like, even when we travel, and as you know we're growing up getting older like you want to feel a connection to a place and yeah to like have that space where you can always go back and you feel like completely yourself completely at home like you have a community who will you know support you and you will support them um just like having that level of intimacy with a place that's really important to me and um i i definitely have that level of intimacy with eugene oregon where i lived for years and where i also where i purchased my bus um okay
0: (laughs) so it's a piece of uh, home traveling with you or it was traveling with you
1: yeah and i you know i have a big community there and i I do visit them when I can. But um, I feel much more drawn to the East Coast as far as my professional work goes. I feel like there's so much work to do on the East Coast. And I want to be, you know, this is where I want to be. This is where I want to be working. And so I am planning to go back on the road. However, I want to establish myself in you know a space where i feel rooted first and and i do need to raise money to get that work going because i i definitely want to approach it in the same way i did with the original bus that i drove around in my bus where i'm like i said where i'm living now where uh, everything is very accessible i i want to continue doing donation-based work when I'm traveling
0: that's always going to be important to me and so and in your project uh, because it sounds like a extremely actually big and kind of complex project because I can I can imagine that there is this fermentation part but then there is also the maintenance of a vehicle and transforming it to what it became and um then also like a logistics of how to organize the travel and maybe the places where you've been performing the workshops is it all the work you've done yourself or you had also a group of people helping with that
1: it was um mostly me I mean of course you know over the years I've met so many people who have like taught me a lot and um Especially like building out the bus. I've got to say, like, I met a lot of really interesting people who, when they saw certain parts of my bus, um, like, for example, there's this man who drives around the country, uh, name his name is Giuseppe Spadafora, and he has a bus called Free Tea Party, and he drives around serving free tea, and he is... He is a complete genius when it comes to like building very efficient systems. And he taught me so much about how to install a more efficient solar system. Like I had my solar panels for a long time and, you know, I definitely had things wired up rather nicely, but I couldn't take it to the next level until I... Met him and learned a lot from him, so you know there's that and and like just just like he's just filled with so much great information, you know. And I feel like I learned a lot.
0: I think it's maybe a little bit like in fermentation itself, but like kind of all knowledge and all the ingredients are out there. Like there is no reason to reinvent things which are out there. You just need to kind of uh, go for it.
1: Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, so much of what we do in the world, it's like imitating what's already been done. I mean, we put our own twist on it, but, you know, like most things have already existed. They just exist in a different like time and plane
0: and format. I was really, I'm even more now excited to to experience that in uh in person, so I hope that one day I will be able to catch you somewhere on the road. I hope so too. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much.